Can Tyler Glass now be an ace for your fantasy team in the second half? What is O'Neal Cruz's potential? Join us today. We provide you with the players primed to break out in the second half of this season on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here as always with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, Matthew Arnett. Yo. You can find us on all social media platforms and podcasting apps. If you're listening on one like Apple or Spotify, that allows five-star ratings and review. We would truly appreciate it if you could do that for us. It helps to grow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't already, hit the little bell below. It subscribes you to the channel. also gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode. And lastly, but most importantly, subscribe to us on the subtext website. On Subtext, it's a one-on-one personalized in-depth texting experience where you can ask us questions at any time of the day, and we'll get back to you unless we're sleeping, but we get back to you as soon as possible. Also, you get in-depth analysis on you know these podcast episodes where we can only give you about 30 minutes on subtext. You know, we we go a lot deeper than we do on here. You get instant alerts on prospect call-ups, injuries, and all that fun stuff. But guys, um, we got a fully loaded episode for you today. Let us be your team secret weapon as we provide you with breakout players for the second half. And Matt, who do we got up first, brother? Yo, guys. All right. Let's talk about Mr. Tyler Glass now. Um, Glassy has never been, you know, a picture of health. That's why his na- nickname is Glassy here. And because um, you touch him or you look at him or the sun's a little too hot on a certain day and he breaks like glass. So, you know, you know, he, he's literally the Alberto Montesi of pitching. But when he's healthy, he's really good. Um, you know, I was about to say Alberto Montesi, but uh, Tyler Glass now loves to get strikeouts in 2021, which was his most things he's done in uh, one, two, three, three seasons. Um, and actually four seasons if you include last year. Um, he had 123 strikeouts and 88 innings pitched. He had a 2.66 ERA with a 0.93 WHIP. Like the kid is a stud. He, he really is when he is healthy. So like. Glass now, now that the fact that he's already spent half the season injured, um, I feel the fact that he might be able to come out and do his thing after returning from Tommy Johns. He's been pretty solid. I had a bunch of bad starts. He's had four out of his four uh, out of his eight starts bad, but four, um, the other four out of his other eight starts were under two on the ERA department, along with six Ks, six Ks, twelve Ks, eight Ks, and even in the games he got blown up, eleven Ks. 7Ks, 6Ks, 8Ks. Like, Tyler Glass now is a strikeout machine. So one thing I will say is I feel like, you know, the second half he's going to work on things, probably get used to his new forearm and things like that, along with whatever else he was hurt uh, to start the season with. So I feel like... Oblique issue. There you go. So, you know, dealing with all that and then trying to come back from the Tommy John's injury and then trying to learn how to you know, get his forearm working and his release and all that wonderful stuff. 
it's going to take a little time. Usually when we say somebody comes back from Tommy John's, they have, they have control issues. Hence why we're seeing my guy with, you know, somewhat high whips at times with, you know, a 141 game, a 185 game, a 188 game, a 131 and a 138 game. That's all his whips. Like they're a little high, but he's figuring it out. And I feel like in the second half, he might hit that second level where he goes, boom, here, I figured it out. And now he's an all-star pitcher. So second half, he's going to be one of the people I'm, I'm probably trying to acquire before it becomes absolutely impossible. Right now, I feel like you can probably get him at probably his cheap point right now because they're probably, you know, not liking this Jekyll and Hyde performances. So Tyler Glass now is somebody you might want to either acquire or if you have him, you're going to love him and hold on to him. Yeah, Matt, great take on Glass now there. I really don't have too much to add besides, you know, his uh, little cup of coffee at the end of last year was fantastic. He looked like he was primed to break out this year. He was moving off draft boards before that oblique issue. And honestly, he would have been drafted as like a top 20, 25 pitcher if it wasn't for the oblique issue. So Glass now just has all the upside in the world. Hopefully, you know, over this year, next year, he can really prime to, you know, break out and do what we all expected of him. We know what he's capable of. Last thing before we move on from Glass now, he has a 3.62 FIP, which is fielding independent pitching. It's an ERA indicator, kind of gives you an idea of where their ERA going rather than to where it is right now, which is last now is 4.10. I think he's really going to figure it out coming off the oblique and Tommy John and just have a monstrous, monstrous second half. But let's move on to another player that is also, you know, um, a pretty injury prone. Let's talk about Carlos Rodon. Uh, Carlos Rodon signed that major deal with the Yankees in the offseason. And then uh, coming into the year, he's like, oh, my arm hurts. And, you know, he was, you know, out for quite a long time with that forearm issue. But he's back now. He looked pretty solid in his first start. He really didn't go that many innings. I believe he went four innings or 5.1 innings. He gave up. Oh, hold on. I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Yeah, 5.1 innings. He gave up four hits. He walked two. He only had two strikeouts, but it takes time, you know, coming off injuries to find your rhythm, as we were saying with Glass now. I don't know if Rodone's going to repeat what the numbers he did last year, um, but he could still have, you know, a low three ZRA, ton of strikeouts. The whip is what I'm concerned about because, as Matt mentioned with Glass now, when you're coming off a major injury, especially an arm injury, the last thing to come back is really the control. So let's see where he winds up. I wouldn't be shocked if he was, you know, right under his career mark of a one-two-three whip. So maybe it's like a one-one-eight whip, a one-two-zero whip in that range for Odone. But I really think if he catches his stride here, um, you can honestly have yourself a top twenty pitcher if you can go out and acquire Odone right now because he is going to be um, pretty pretty strong in the second half, according to myself here. Yeah, I like Rodon going into the second half. I feel like, you know, all star uh, the All-Star break, he'll probably work on something. On top of that, too, you know, in his, what, two rehab starts, he looked actually, like, really good and had the command, struck out. I think he fanned about 10 in one stat, just like uh, Manoa did. So, like, Rodon looks like when he was coming up and re- rebounding from this injury that he was going to be solid. So let's just hope that, you know, it's a little bit of the jits and the yips and that he can come back out and, you know, figure it out and be that elite pitcher. I love him for the second half. Let's move on here. Let's talk about Mr. Reed Detmers. The meter is running. The meter is running. I love it, man. This kid, honestly, is having a nice season. If it wasn't for his last game against the Dodgers, where he got blown up for almost a 19 ERA, his stats would look a lot different. Because, I mean, over the last month, even with that big explode of a game, he has a 3.38 ERA on the month, which just tells you where it is. If he would have just got like a regular three, even a four ERA, he would probably have a sub two ERA on the month. Like the kid has had a really phenomenal month. 
it just a couple strings, a couple of bands starts together and then kind of figures it out because at the beginning of May, that's what he did going into the first start of the June and then really rocked and rolled all throughout June and July up until this last start against the Dodgers, even lit the Dodgers up a couple weeks back from that on the 20th of June, he had eight K's gave up no run seven innings pitched. Like Detmers actually has a lot of upside. I love the kid. It's funny. I forget that he's only 24 years old. I feel like we've been talking about him forever. Last year, his first full season where he got 120, 29 innings pitched. The guy had 122 strikeouts. He had a 377 ERA and was right on par with his FIP, which is fielding independent pitching at a 379. This year, his FIP is about a 378. So maybe, maybe the uh, with a 431 ERA, maybe that that uh, bad start kind of brings him back to his norm with the FIP on the year numbers and he'll come out and take it a, take it to the next level and get it back down to more on par with his fielding independent pitching. So Detmer is for sure, I think, has upside for the second half, maybe takes it to that next level as well and shows off all that great stuff. And before I let Dom give his take on Mr. Detmer, the meter, we have a pitcher that's been more Jekyll and Hyde than anybody under the sun. A Detroit pitcher that I don't know how to feel about. And a guy coming off the injury that I drafted everywhere and just can't slide to slide anywhere. Um, but before that, we do have, you know, don't forget that thing for me, Dom. We do have a great sponsor here for you. For championship teams, it's all about making sure every player, uh, every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit right. So the next time you need parts or accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Motors guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit just right or your money back, which is phenomenal. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And at eBay Motors, it's here in the same. <laughs> and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back, back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home the W when it, when it comes to the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fits, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions may apply. All right. That's enough, Dom. Go for it. Oh, wait. I forgot something. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're missing something. I am. I'm sorry, guys. It's just one of those days. All right. And... Guys, you've been hearing us talk about it at the top of the show almost every episode now since we've come out about uh, come out and talked about it. We got a new platform we're working on here. It's called Subtext. We got the Everydayers Diamond Club, which you know we have we have quite a few members at this point, and everybody really seems to enjoying it. You know, it's it's something really cool. You know, we're putting out great information, waiver wire rankings, and so on and so forth, and all this exclusive stuff that we can't fit in thirty minutes like we do in the podcast. So it's a little added bonus. And it's a great way also just to help support the podcast. So, you know, if you want to head over to the link in the description below or our link true or any of our social medias, it's there. Give it a try. Get a free 14-day uh, trial and, you know, see how you like it. like it. If you want to see something that we aren't putting out over those 14 days, you know, let us know and we could do it. Plus, you can also ask us some questions and get some direct answers. You know, within, you know, a few minutes to an hour, we like to get back to you as soon as possible. So, you know, head over to our subtext and see what's up. Become that Diamond Club member. All right, brother. Let me uh, hop back in here and uh, let me give my take on Reed Detmers because it's actually somebody that I really am excited to talk about. As Matt mentioned, you know, uh, Reed Detmers just turned 24 on July 8th. So happy uh, belated to Reed Detmers. 
And this kid, I swear, he's like one or two small adjustments away from being a, a high-end pitcher in, in fantasy baseball. He has that Shane McClanahan, Blake Snell, Corbin Burns vibe to me. And honestly, the best thing about um, Detmers is his velocity is up. His velocity is up over a mile and a half on his fastball. His velocity on his slider is up three miles an hour from last year. So, you know, that's a trend in the right direction. I know he's been a little bit shaky to start the year, but I know Matt mentioned that um, start against the Dodgers. But before that, he ran off one, two, three, four, five amazing starts in a row. Um, Four of those were quality starts. And the one that wasn't a quality start was because he went 5.2 innings. But the strikeouts are, you know, amazing. 85 innings for Detmers, 107 strikeouts. And I think everything else is going to even itself out. I think the ERA is going to be a lot better in the second half. I think the whip is going to be a lot better in the second half. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Detmers finishes next season as like a top 35 type pitcher with, you know, upside into his mid-20s of becoming like a real high-end ace. I'm very, very high in Reed Detmers, and I really, really think you can go out and acquire him for pretty cheap right now in most leagues. He is still 68% owned on Yahoo, so there might be leagues where he's out there. You know, if you're in a shallower league, go out there, check your free agent uh, list, and he might be out there. That's a sneaky ad heading into the second half if he is available. But let's move on to somebody that, you know, uh, Matt and I just love to hate, you know, hate to love. It's Edward Cabrera. Edward Cabrera was somebody that Matt and I were drafting in a lot, a lot, a lot of like leagues or mock drafts rather coming into the year. Even when draft season came, I know Matt took him in a couple of leagues. I took the shot on him in a couple of leagues and it just really hasn't panned out the way we thought. He's just been so up and down, man. And then he wound up getting hurt after like one of his best starts of the year where he pitched against – well, he had, he had a couple starts after that, but he had a monster start on June 2nd against Oakland. Six innings, the win, 10 strikeouts, no earned with an 0-8-3 whip. Then he went out against Kansas City after that five innings, got the win. Only four strikeouts, one earned, and an 0-8 whip. But then in that start in Seattle, against Seattle is the one where he got hurt, so we can't even really count that. So it was two really good starts before he got hurt. Um, it's a shoulder impingement. So, you know, uh, it's a tricky one, but he's going to, you know, um, he, I think he already started his rehab assignment and he could be back within the next week or two, which is kind of why they also sent Yuri Perez down. You know, I mean, that kid is phenomenal. You know, Yuri Perez is another name to, you know, look out for. He's dropped in your league. You might be, want to add Yuri Perez as well. But you know what? Um, Edward Cabrera is a guy that has a lot, a lot of upside, big strikeout guy, big arm big talent. You know, he gets to learn from Sandy Alcantara and Jesus Lazardo and all those other good Marlins pitchers. They've got great pitching um, coaching over there. But Edward Cabrera, another cheap guy, uh, 46% owned on Yahoo right now. A lot of leagues where he's available. Stash him on that IL. And then when he comes back either next week or the week after, you activate him and just see where the thing goes with the kid because I really truly think Edward Cabrera, you know, has the upside to be a very, very strong pitcher for the second half. Yeah, I mean, I like your take. I just I'm gonna, you know, temper back the expectations on it. Yeah. I think that I think that honestly I was a little too high on him going into the season. And I, I wouldn't call this fatigue or hate because I've been burned, but I mean, I'm honestly gonna be streaming him. He's somebody I'll pick up on a gig matchup. I'll drop the first person I'll drop on my bench uh to pick up somebody else to pitch and ditch because quite honestly, I don't think I can roll him out there every week um until he kind of, you know, pretty much shows it. So right now, Edward Cabrera is hesitant with a lot of upside, but, you know, quite honestly, just be aware. And honestly, if you scoop him up, you know, feel free to also drop him for somebody else as well. Just, you know, keep playing those matchups. But let's move on here. Let's talk about another guy that can't stay on the field, and that's Mr. Matt Manning. Uh, Matt Manning, uh, you know, 25 years old, which is wild as well. 
you know, it's crazy. He's only been up in the bigs since 2021. It just, it blows my mind. I've been waiting for this kid for a while and he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. 85 innings pitched in his rookie year, 63 innings pitched in his, uh, in 2022. And so far 29 last year, he went down with a fractured toe. Um, the year before that we strained his forearm The year before that right shoulder inflammation, like the kid's, uh, injury history is outrageous. But the upside is there. I mean, Matt Manning honestly is a good talent. You know, I I don't know how to explain it other than in 2019, like when he had 133 innings pitched, and this is in the minus 148 strikeouts, a 2.56 ERA, and a .98 WHIP. Like those are solid numbers. That's kind of what I'm hoping to see from him. And outside of like what? Let me look at this again. One bad start. He went out there and really handled his own. And the one bad start was in Colorado. Colorado like you know that says everything for itself because he went out against Texas his first start against the Rangers which Texas has just been hot and he handles it you know only gave up a couple runs 318 ERA four K's and five inning pitch one two four whip not atrocious right and then last uh, his last start on the eighth last week got the W five K's and six innings pitch no earned runs 0.45 uh whip and it was against Toronto. Like, I mean, Matt Manning can hold his own when he does get out there. Like, I think he has a lot of upside. I think he's one of those guys that if he could stay on the field, he may be able to provide some, you know, juice to your rotation. So I'm I'm running out there and I'm, you know, speculatively adding him and I'm starting him against really good matchups. If he continues on this, I'm like, I might roll him out full time. We shall see. And let's just see. Let's hope and pray that he can just stay healthy. And that's Matt Manning. Yeah. Matt, that was a great take on Matt Manning. You know, over the last two years in the bigs, it hasn't been a lot of innings, but the ERA is like a 3-5. The whip is like a 1-1-4 type whip. The, the case per nine, he has upside to grow there, but I maybe he's tempering things down to, you know, pitch, you know, better, to pitch a little bit, you know, less to contact. And, um, you know, just kind of – or pitch – rather, I said that backwards – to pitch a little bit more to contact, getting more ground balls instead of missing bats where he could – sometimes if you try to miss the bats, you don't locate your pitches properly and it winds up out of the park. But Matt, Matt Manning has been doing a good job avoiding that, um, you know, with the last two years of his career. I think, you know, the upside is there. His um, velocity is a tiny bit down from last year. So, once again, that's a spot where, you know, once his, you know, toe heals a little bit better and he could plant a little bit better, I think the velocity takes us back up. He has good breaking stuff. The fastball's okay where he sits normally around 93, 94 when he's at his peak. Matt Manning is 8% owned on Yahoo, just somebody that you could potentially give a shot to in deeper leagues, you know, AL only, that type of stuff, and kind of just see where the thing goes with, um, you know, Matt Manning does have a lot of upside. Now, let's move on to the biggest bat, you know, we have here as we get into the bats, and uh, let's talk about O'Neal Cruz, right? Oh, my God. Uh, if you don't know about O'Neal Cruz, you're going to learn right now. Because O'Neal Cruz was hyped to be um, uh, Ellie De La Cruz before Ellie De La Cruz was Ellie De La Cruz. He, this was going to be that guy. He has the power. He has the speed. Um, you know, he's not on one of the best teams to really, you know, be fantastic. But you know what? He had a monster end of the season last year. And I'm going to give you some of his uh, minor league stats that are absolutely mind blowing because the kid could just do it all at six foot seven, 215 pounds. He had some of the hardest hit balls in all of baseball. 
And I, I think this kid is just literally going to be a star in this league sooner than later. Uh, you know, he fractured the ankle this year to start the year, which was a killer. He only got to play nine games, so we really didn't see much of him. But through those nine games, he had eight walk. I mean, uh, eight strikeouts, seven walks. You love to see that. He really didn't get to do too much else besides that. You know, in nine games, there was only so much to do there. But, you know, um, O'Neill Cruz, monster, monster upside um, real quick. His best minor league season was in 2021, 69 games. He had 62 runs, almost a run per game, 16 doubles. He had five triples, 17 bombs, 47 RBIs, 19 steals, and he hit 310. I truly think O'Neill Cruz is a five-tool guy. And if you can go out there and trade for him right now, you want to make that move. But before I pass things off to my brother, Matt, and I let him do his O'Neill Cruz rant because I know he loves him as well, got a quick sponsor for you guys. Today's episode is sponsored by the clothing company Bird Dogs. Looking for clothes that redefine comfort and style? Look no further than Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good in Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs... Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And once again, guys, I know I keep saying this, but it's so true. Matt and I got some, you know, free merch from Bird Dog, so shout out to them. And, I mean, dude, get compliments all the time when I wear them. They feel great. They make you look great. So you need to go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. And when you enter the promo code LockedOnMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. And also... That Bird Dog Yeti-style tumbler will keep your drink nice and cold here in the summertime. Matt's showing it off right there. You know, whether you're at work, you're going to the park, you're going to play some basketball, baseball, that Yeti-style tumbler is going to keep your drink nice and cool. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB now. All right, my brother, let's hear that O'Neill Cruz take. I know you got some good stuff to say about the kid. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what? I love O'Neill Cruz to the point where, you know what, I literally draft him in every league I was humanly possibly in. And I beat Dom to the punch every single time. So, sure did, but Matt, who, whose team is he on now? Oh, because I traded him for Verlander. Yeah. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. Dynasty League, I'll take it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Verlander, I mean, not Verlander. O'Neill Cruz, I think, is just going to be an outright stud. Uh, you know, O'Neill Cruz is awesome. We only got about a month left till we about we see him, hopefully, and with no setbacks. I think he should be starting baseball activity by the end of this month. Be back by, I would say, first or second week of August. You know, I already heard he's running. I heard he's, you know, you know, taking batting practice. So let's see. Let's see how fast they want to get him back. Hopefully, he just learns how to slide. So we shall see. That'd but, be great. Yeah, that'd be phenomenal. But let's move on. Dom, you did a great job talking about him. I you did too, brother. Anything. Thank you. So how about Mr. Jordan Walker? One of my favorite prospects coming in the year. And boy, oh boy, you know, the last couple of weeks haven't been the greatest. But at the same time, he's still getting his sea legs, I feel. They really did him an in, uh, a disservice by sending him down for the you know, ground ball issues and the defense issues, you know, we all mean control. So at that point, they should have just held him down for 14 days and then just let this kid ride. It's really frustrating. But anyway, I feel like the second half, this kid has all the makings of a breakout and really take it to the next level because I'm going to read you off what he did in 2022. 
you know, might I add, he was also 20 when he did this. 461 at-bats, 100 runs, 31 doubles, 3 triples, 19 bombs, 68 ribbies, 22 stolen bases, batted 306. Like, Jordan Walker has all the upside in the world and the making to be, you know, a stalwart player that we're talking about that could be in a top 20 pick next year if he does what I think he's going to do. Well, let's let's be honest. He's still young. He could still take some time to adjust. We've seen it with with Vladimir Guerrero. We've seen it with a few different people where it may take a little bit longer, but I don't foresee it because he's shown a lot of that energy at the beginning of the season and when he came back fresh, but now he kind of slowed down. Just like Dom's internet connection. <laughs> if you're on YouTube, you'll see just a giant circle. So with that being said, I'm going to move on and take the next guy since, you know, it seems like it's going to be the Matt on a show here locked on. Talk about Mr. Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo, um, you know, is having a decent season, I would say. Hey, Dom, welcome back. Um, Can you see me? Am I there? Um, no, I cannot. Why don't you hop out and hop back in, guys? Sorry about this. I'm going to keep moving, Dom. Yes. Oh, wait, hold on. Um, so anyway, guys, Anthony Rizzo has had, you know, somewhat of a good season. He's batting about 257 on the year, much better than his 224 last year. He has 311 at bats. He has 41 runs already, which is really nice. Way better pace than what he did last year as well. I mean, the injury did, you know, hurt what he was started off the season doing. 13 doubles, 11 home runs, which is pretty decent. 39 ribs. You know, I like it. And I can't really hate on how he's playing. Second half, maybe he picks up the power, maybe starts launching the ball. And, you know, obviously he's a de- definitely benefiting from no shift. So, you know, Rizzo is just going to be a solid player moving on. In terms of an all-star high um, upside, maybe he turns on that power to, to get to – Closer to that pace of that 39 home runs that he was on for last year, 32 home runs from last year. Maybe he hits 26, 27 for the second to get to be his season ending, which would bring you about 15 more, 16 more home runs in that second half in the next couple months. That would be stellar production for you. So 100%, you know, if he's out there, 100% go scoop him up. If you need a first baseman, he isn't a bad target to go and uh, try and acquire her on the cheap because I don't think anybody's too attached to Anthony Rizzo. So go for it. Yeah, just real quick. I just totally wanted to say that uh, Jordan Walker, monster. He young, young monster player. Uh, Matt gave a great take on him. But if you can acquire Jordan Walker on the cheap right now, as I mentioned, he's kind of been a little up and down since he got the call back up. But I think he could, if he could tap into that power, in the second half, and I think the Cardinals might be selling. So definitely want to give uh, Jordan Walker the shot. But let's move on to Rizzo as Matt was talking about him. And the thing with Anthony Rizzo is he got um, hit on his elbow. Um, This is going back to June 29th. And, you know, ever since then, he's kind of been slumping pretty hard. He got some time off with the All-Star break. There was a lot of expectations for Rizzo to just keep pushing through as the Yankees didn't have Aaron Judge. And, you know, Stanton at the time was, you know, I think just coming off an injury as well. So, you know, Rizzo kind of just probably tried to play through it. Like, you know, he's been hit a bunch of times in his career. Probably some one of the most hit-by-pitch players because he crowds that plate. And I think he's been, you know, kind of just, you know, covering up that injury, playing through it. I think that second half, as Matt mentioned, he's going to tap back into that power. 
finish with close to 30 bombs. When Judge comes back in that lineup, gets rocking and rolling. I got faith, as you know. If you don't know, Matt and I are Yankee fans, uh, born and raised in New York. And I think I have a lot of faith in Rizzo that the RBIs are going to be good. The runs are going to be good. Uh, the homers are going to be good. And the batting average can be a lot closer to his career 264 mark. But with that being said, let's move on to our next guy. And, you know, this episode kind of has a little bit of a theme, if you haven't already noticed. A lot of injury-prone guys that we just think are going to bounce back. And let's talk about Max Muncy, another guy that really just can't ever stay healthy, you know. And he started off the year like a house on fire. He was hitting for power. He was hitting for average. And then he just fell off a cliff after, you know, he came back from injury. He was out with a hammy issue. I think, you know, another time off helps. You know, when you're playing baseball, you know, every other day or, you know, almost every single day, it's taxing on the body. You got some time off here with the all-star break. And I think Max Muncy is just going to have a pretty solid second half. He's around a career 240, 250 hitter. I think the batting average gets a lot closer to that. He already has 21 homers. I think he could finish with you know close to 35, which he's done multiple times in his career. I think the RBIs are going to be close to 100. I think the runs are going to be close to you know probably like 80, 85. And I think right now you could go out there and trade for Max Muncy pretty cheap. He's batting 198 on the year. I don't think that's where he's going to end up. I think, you know, with the second and third base eligibility on Yahoo, Max Muncy has a lot of upside. Yeah, great take, Dom. I don't need to do it. I'm just going to kind of run this out real quick with our last guy here. Mr. Mr. CJ Crone. Uh, Crone getting activated off the IL recently on June 26th with from back spasms and neck muscle spasms. Maybe he's just a spaz this season. We shall see. Because he's not living up to the hype of what he did last year, where he had 29 home runs, 102 ribs, 79 runs, and batted about 257. Like that was a great year. We had him decently ranked, I think, in our top 10 first basemen. Yes, sir. Uh, unfortunately, he just did his regular thing when he gets hurt. But it is what it is. Crone now going into the second half. We don't have to rely on him for, you know, five, 600 at bats. We only have to rely on him for about 250 to 300 at bats. And what he could do in that short window is probably a lot. And I could probably count on him more now than I can from the beginning of the season to make it all the way to the end because clearly that isn't the case. But if I'm rounding out, I, I don't have a first baseman. I never really recovered from losing Vinny Pasquantino. CJ Crone could be a great pickup to just kind of slot in there because he's probably out there in a lot of leagues. Uh, you know, I think the owners ownership percentage is somewhat reasonable. 64. 64. So, I mean, he's out there in about... 36% of leagues. Like, I mean, quite honestly, he could be a great flex. Like, I mean, a great utility. He could be a great first baseman replacement. So, you know, definitely consider adding CJ Crone in those leagues where he's available, but also too, maybe if you could try to slide him in there cheap on a trade real quick before the trade deadline hits, you know, see if you can get a little extra production. Somebody will probably throw him away for free. Cause they're probably pissed off that he's been hurt all season. Yeah, man. Great take on Crone. Got a lot of power upside. The Rockies are, Hopefully going to be a little better with Chris Bryant coming back from the IL as well. Tovar picking it up. Ryan McMahon's doing all right. And, you know, they've actually got a couple of guys in the minors that are pretty good as well that maybe we'll see this year at some point. And uh, you know what? If you subscribe to us on Subtext, hey, we might be talking about those guys a little bit sooner than later. But, guys, that is all for us today. Please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. And to our everydayers and new listeners, thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. We will be back into our regular routine uh, next week. So, guys, until then, see you. Peace.